The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, and Kyle Yeomans. It wasn't exactly how they drew it up, but either way, it is still a victory Monday here from the star in Fresco in week 14 of the NFL season. The Dallas Cowboys come out on top over the Houston Texans, 27-23, and we'll break it down for you here over the next 45 minutes from the star in Frisco. Presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, alongside Patrick Nosey Walker, Isaiah Stanback, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, how we doing? Uh, everybody got their heart rate down a little bit. Is yeah. it back down to, to resting rate yeah. at the moment? I was able to. It, it took a while last <laughs> night, but I was able to get it smoothed out. There was a nervous energy from the middle of the first quarter, really up until the end of the game. I mean, until the pick was made by Israel Mukwamu. A.K.A. Trayvon Diggs, whoever, whoever, whoever you ask, <laughs> uh, when that pick was made, that was finally the decompression after yeah. what was a three-hour-long nerve fest all the way through. Because as soon as Cavante Turpin muffed the punt, it looked like it was going to get dicey, and you thought the Cowboys would pull it out. You thought they would pull away at some point. That didn't necessarily happen, Isaiah. Nope, didn't happen. That's what happens when you show up and think that you just handle anybody based upon records or based upon your skill sets. I mean, this is the NFL. This is professional athletes, the best in the world. There's only so many guys at each position. There's only so many coordinators. You're going to face the best, you know, every week. And you have to bring your A game no matter what, no matter what situation you think that you're walking into. And, you know, the Texans punch Dallas in the mouth. And, and unfortunately, it takes a lot to try to get yourself out of a rut. That's mm-hmm. why you show up and you, and you start fast. Because if you don't, then you give teams confidence and then they can stick around. And then you find yourself in a situation. And, and luckily, they was able to find themselves out of one just because of bad quarterback play on the part of the Texans. But everybody knows that Dallas should have lost that game. They should have lost that game. Had that had that quarterback not gone the wrong way, they probably would have lost. And a couple other things. And a couple other things, but specifically sure. that down there At on, that, on the three-yard The goal line, line yeah. stand. Yeah, I don't know that the Cowboys uh, mentally were overlooking the Texans as much as it was just good old-fashioned mistakes. Just good old fashioned mistakes. I can I can guarantee you that you know Turpin after he calls that fair catch, mm-hmm. he's not thinking, oh, this is the Texans. No. no, just good old fashioned mistakes. And then what do the Texans do? They go down, and they get a touchdown off of that. And correct me if I'm wrong, the Texans had 17, 14 or 17 points off of Cowboys turnovers. 14, 14. It should have been 21 right. because they had the ball right. inside the five yard line. So you know the Cowboys, we talked about it, miscue, shooting yourself in the foot. They shot themselves in the foot, and that's how you allow teams that you're better than to remain 
playing in the game, and that's what we saw. Uh, and it's something that the Cowboys are going to have to be consistent in cleaning up because the only reason they were able to escape, and, and kudos to a 98-yard drive and Dak Prescott and Dalton Schultz and, and you know, Noah Brown and Jason Peters. <laughs> we'll get, to, we'll I get saw, to that. I saw your tweet on Yahoo News last night. Did you? Yep. Which one? His tweet about Jason Peters giving him his gold jacket. They, they posted it on yeah, an article on get, Yahoo. Get that man his gold jacket in the post game. Um, <laughs> and you know, and kudos to Joe Philbin and, and Coach McCarthy for making that decision. But it took that to overcome, you know, errors that the Cowboys made. So again, I don't believe it was as much that they overlooked the Texans. I don't believe they did, and I don't believe that the Texans quarterbacks played poorly. They made a poor decision ultimately that helped cost them the game. Mm-hmm. But they really attacked that young Cowboys secondary outside of Trayvon Diggs. And and you know kudos for, to Kelvin Joseph for uh, making up for it with that huge PBU on that third down. Yep. But prior to that, he was getting targeted. Talk about the, the 30 plus yard gainer that ended up being a field goal, I believe, for the for the mm-hmm. Texans. Uh, so be it him or Nashawn Wright or whomever the case may be, they in their two quarterback set, which was weird, but they had nothing to lose. No. But between Driscoll and, and um, Davis Mills, they really just attacked underneath and, and told those young guys, you know, you're going to have to step up. So Lovey Smith had a plan, and, and they were executing that plan, but it wouldn't have mattered if the Cowboys had played clean football. No, I agree with you completely. And I like the way you kind of set that up because, one, and this is kind of a sidebar, but I thought Kelvin Joseph and Deron Bland played good football. Right. Going back and watching the tape – for the most part, they were solid. They gave up a couple couple receptions. It's going to happen from time to time. And honestly, the one pass to uh, to Chris Moore on the sideline, that was just a ball. That was a dime from yeah, Davis Mills That in good coverage from Kelvin Joseph. That was a sidebar, sidebar now over. But the way you set up the fact that offensively there were mis- mistakes, they made the plays when they needed to. Defensively, there were certainly mistakes, but they made the plays Correct. when they needed to. Dallas should not have won this game the way that they played for – 80% of that that ball game. 80% of it, the Texans outplayed Dallas. You could tell they wanted it just a little bit more. It looked like a young college team looking to prove something. And not, not to compare the Texans to a college team because they are a professional organization. However, it just felt like that type of energy. It was pent-up aggression trying to get the job done. But Dallas, when they needed to answer, was there when it mattered most, and that's what ultimately ended up being the deciding factor. They stood tall, um, particularly the defense, who time and again gave the Cowboys opportunities as far as the offensive side of the ball to get new possessions and go downfield and score. And unfortunately, later in the game, it wasn't until that 98-yard drive that won the game that it happened. I have in the fourth quarter. Uh, third and seven pass breakup by Kelvin Joseph. Uh, the Gallimore pass breakup uh, on third, third. and four, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the fourth down stop by Gallimore and Bard that came after that uh, tank shut down on Rex Burkhead. And that those two plays alone saved the game. And finally, the Cowboys offense, once they put Peters in to protect on the right side, other than, you know, outside of Josh Ball, that's when they were able to make that drive. But kudos to the defense because they, you know, they allowed, air quotes, 20 points in the first half. But again, the large majority of that was predicated upon mistakes made by the offense. 14 of those 20 were right. off of turnovers and short field. So the defense is really who saved the game long enough, or I should say kept the Cowboys in the game long enough for the for the offense to figure it out. And thankfully, the offense figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> with, not, with not a second to spare. I was about to say, with 41 <laughs> seconds to spare, and they, and they had to get down the field first. 
Yeah, I don't, the offense looked like Pepe Le Pew. At least Dak did. Let's talk about it. What happened? Dak, Second drive forward. First drive was pretty good. Even that, there were there were yeah, opportunities. Dak was, Dak was not, Dak it wasn't went back. surgical, but yeah, yeah Dak was not. Good. They ran the ball well. Yeah, Dak they wasn't did. good. They did. He wasn't. Good. Oh, he struggled yesterday. Yes, until and he did. This is this is but, not a first time though. Yeah, this is this has been reoccurring this year, and he's technique wise, it was shot. I felt like he relaxed on his mechanics and just relied on his arm hmm. to try to gun a lot of balls into bad situations. Not only was the velocity turned up substantially from what he normally throws, the location was off. So the velocity is higher and the location is off, bad things happen. Tip balls happen. Ball gets on quick, your receivers quicker. They're in bad situations. And I just felt like he just wasn't – I felt like he could just – in his mind, it appeared as if he could feel he could just gunsling it. It, it felt very Brett Farvish. Mm. Like, like you know, just, just – I could throw it around. If it touches your hands, you're supposed to catch it type of thing. I'm not going to place it where it should be. I'm not going to place it with the velocity. I'm not going to place it with the loft in a way that's going to put you in the best situation to be able to come down with the ball. I'm just going to get you to get the ball in your area, figure it out. A lot of times at home when you're sitting there and you're watching the game, you're thinking about it from like a Madden standpoint mm-hmm. where you're playing Madden and if it's, a, it's an underneath route, you're holding down that B button to try and get it quickly <laughs> and throw a, a strike to your receiver and that velocity is not a bad thing. Why in the real game of football, on the gridiron, why is it different that velocity doesn't always equal good? And last night we saw that with Dak. Because or yesterday we saw that with Dak. There's different balls. I mean, you, with the velocity that he was throwing with all yesterday, those that's the velocity that you typically throw on a timed post route, okay. on, a, on, a, on a comeback route with tight coverage, or things of that nature. These were slants. <laughs> right, these were slant routes that that he was throwing those into. Some some of the, there was obviously other routes in there as well, but it just wasn't good. And if you are going to be throwing a ball that hard, then it needs to be on target. And it wasn't on target, and that's why you're starting to see tip balls. There's, there's, there's what one interception I think he had mm-hmm. two. Yeah. He had two interceptions. Two, two. should have had like five. Mm-hmm. Let's call it how it is. Mm-hmm. Should have been like there was five. I mean, maybe people are going to try to call my butt. There were about five other opportunities mm-hmm. that they had to intercept the ball. Well, defenders had their hands on the football. Right. right. So it wasn't good. And these are things that I've brought up in the past, in past years. Mm-hmm. And then I brought them up again today, right, because these, he's – he's 39 passes. Too many. We've talked about we – Dak, we don't want Dak getting anywhere near 40 passes. And Kellen Moore went back to old Kellen Moore and put him in situations now where Dak's like, okay, it's on me. It's on me to start slinging this thing around, and he's not that guy. I'm sorry. He's not that guy. Is he capable of taking you down there and winning the ball? Absolutely. Dak Prescott is skilled. He's a skilled quarterback. I don't put him in the elite column. I think he's a really good quarterback when he's not forced to have to throw the ball into victory. Well, yesterday, we can all agree, even if we disagree on that point, elite, not elite. I say he's elite, but elite players have bad games, and it Mm -hmm. just wasn't a good game. But it was a mixed bag as far as the passing attack for the Cowboys yesterday because – on one note, you'd see, and I'll use two plays on the same drive from two Dalton Schultz to illustrate my point here. On one inside slant, Dak throws it slightly behind Schultz, catchable, but obviously behind. Okay. Was this early in the game? No. Uh, yeah, this was first half. That thing was. Hot. There was one that was just a complete <laughs> oh, sail. No, is this a different one? one? No, this is a different. Okay, one. this is dif- this is. Schultz. I'm thinking of the sail because no. he would have had a one, huge no, this play. Is, this was hot. No, this was this was Schultz. <laughs> On an inside slant. Back shoulder. And, right. And it was back shoulder. I know which one you're talking right. about. Right. So it was behind. You're not catchable. Catch, you're not, no, behind. not catchable. Behind. You ain't catching that. But the one that would have been the touchdown that Schultz dropped, oh, that was a dot. 
That was a that frozen was a rope into but triple he coverage. He threw some good balls. No, yeah. my point being yeah. that yesterday was a situation where Dak struggled, but he wasn't helped until the 98-yard uh, game winner, for the most part, by the by a receiver like Dalton Schultz, for example. So Schultz stepped up at big yeah, on that, ba- that last big, drive, and and Noah Brown stepped up big, and obviously you had the you know the interception targeting Noah Brown, right? So you had all of this these exorcisms of the demons earlier in the game from Noah Brown and that interception, Dalton Schultz and that drop touchdown, but it just it felt like the Cowboys' offense, passing offense, not the run game, because Tony Pollard and Zeke they were doing their thing, but the passing attack, it was just unsettled again and it's not to Isaiah's point this is not the first time this season we've mm-hmm. seen it unsettled True. so we the Cowboys just need to establish the consistency in their passing attack that says hey we're we're not going to get away from the run we're going to use it to set up the pass and when they started to get away from the run yesterday we started to see some mm-hmm. some dis- disheveled looks in the passing game so one thing i want to i want to bring up and kind of kept Dak off balance Houston did a good job of disguising coverages yesterday. Yes, they did. Going back and looking at it, there was a lot of single high look that would turn into a, a, a cover two. They would have a couple guys in and out. They had this Tampa two at times, whatever. They had the linebacker kind of carry the guy down the, the middle of the field. They did a good job of, of, of disguising until the final drive. Mm-hmm. Texans went back into their shell, yeah. I guess, and no pun intended, back into their shell because it's a shell defense. They went to a cover two, yeah, and they stuck to it the whole time. It's two-minute defense. And Dak Prescott that's why picked it apart. That's why it's easier to work down the field in a two-minute drill than any other portion of the game because defenses are playing it safe. There's a bend-but-don't-break mm-hmm. type of mentality. Mm-hmm. And most defensive coordinators revert back to that. But to your point, in terms of the coverages that they're running, every team's going to disguise coverages. Mm-hmm. Some are going to do it better than others. Levy Smith is Levy Smith. He's been around He had for a that game plan ready Absolutely. to roll. And other teams are going to watch this film. Other teams are going to watch this film. But even with those disguises... Dak Prescott just wasn't on his game. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to sit up here and, and, and belittle him. Or He had a bad no, he game. He had a bad game. He had a bad game. A bad and game. everybody has a bad game. That's He's he had, had multiple. Game. He has had multiple, and that's where my concern is. You can't let it compound yeah. into something bigger. I, I don't know... Is it is it just because of expectation on Dak? No, I don't. I it's don't. Not. I don't put any pressure on Dak because the numbers are there, and I know yeah, you're not a numbers yeah, guy at all. At all, but the numbers from an offensive standpoint, there is a significant difference with Dak Prescott at quarterback than and, it was without Dak Prescott. And it's supposed to be. Sure, and it's supposed to be because mm-hmm. there's levels to this. Right? There's levels to everything that in, in every aspect, everything that you do in this life. There's levels to it. Dak Prescott is supposed to be a top. 32 quarterback. Just period. Right? And he's higher than most of he's the higher time. Yeah. But there's but top 10. In the world. He's yeah. the top 32 quarterback in the world. Sure. Okay? That's that's facts. Okay? Now, you can go up there and have discussion, debate sometimes on how high up he goes. Yeah. But the reality is, what they were doing yesterday was not disguised enough, right, to cause him complications. There were routes in there that were ran real, well. And it was just bad balls. Whether it's velocity, whether it's location, we talk, I talked about it many times on here before. Left shoulder versus right shoulder. When I'm running a route to my left side, when, I, when I'm running a slant route to my left, I want the ball on my upfield shoulder. Or I want it right on my body. I can't put it on my back shoulder. It doesn't matter if it's lofted in there. It doesn't mean it matter if it's if it's gunned in there. That's no different than throwing a, a running back a ball in the flat. You don't throw the running back a ball in the flat. You know, saying a, a freaking bullet most mm-hmm. of the time because usually right. know your personnel, they can't handle it, right. right? Luckily, you had a Tony Pollard out there because he came to his to his swing routes out late a few times yes, uh, yesterday, real right? late on the real touchdown, late, right? On the touchdown, it just happens to be a TP out there. Yeah. So those are the things that I'm talking about that like get 
kind of kind of covered up and muddied up because not that much attention is paid to it because the result of the play was awesome, right? But my analytic mind and my eyes, I see it. I'm like, what did I say when we were watching the game? I said he came to that late. Oh, in the middle of the play. In the middle of the play, I said he should have. He, the ball should have been out. Missed him. Missed into, him. Missed yeah. him. And then he got him. He got and then he worked inside. He just did TP things. Sure. Right. But you start thinking about some of these other teams and some of the other personnel that these teams have. All I saw on that play was Reggie Bush. Mm. I saw the Reggie Bush play when he was playing for the Saints. He got his whole mm. got decapitated. Right. right. Folded in half. Those type of plays can happen. I'm not going to say will happen. They can happen. And those are game-changing plays because you're just saying, oh, my guy can do this. Or, oh, I don't have to focus on the details of this particular play or my mechanics. Got to tighten it up. Yeah, I, I agree. Again, we are all in agreement. Yeah. Dak Prescott had a bad game yesterday. Yeah. Um, I, I would say the good news is it's a week-to-week league. So yep. last yep. week they blow the doors off the coach. This week Correct. they barely escape the upset over the Texans. And now you move to Jacksonville now. And we'll preview Jacksonville later in the week. But Jacksonville is better than the Texans. Yeah. So you better clean up. Actually one of the hotter teams exactly. in the NFL right now. You better clean up what you need to clean up this week coach, on, you know, as you prepare for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But, you know, again, it's it's another bad. It's a, and I say another bad because, for me, I still harken back to week one. Week one was just abysmal. And again, and I've said it before, week one to me was the worst outing in Dak Prescott's career. So was this as bad as that? No, but it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that it wasn't bad. I mean, this was still a struggle game for Dak that was able to be deleted by Dak, thankfully, once he got the protection on the right side and then the confidence and the clutch meter kind of just went through the roof and marched those boys down 98 yards. But prior to that happening... Um, you have flashes. You saw the the fifty plus yarder to Noah Brown, and you know made some big plays and get big catches by by Ceedee Lamb. And um, but more often than not, you found yourself asking yourself during the game, "What's going on with this Cowboys passing attack? This isn't the same one we saw against the Colts. This isn't the same one that we saw against the Vikings, et cetera, et cetera." So that tells you that they can do better. Just do it. Yeah. On a consistent basis. Because if it if if, it, if this isn't the Texans and you have this outing, you lose this game. There were a lot of struggles up front, too, for the Cowboys' it offensive line. True. And it wasn't just the right side with Josh Ball. Tyler Smith didn't have a good game. Nope. Connor McGovern didn't have a good game. Uh, Tyler Biotish was was decent. And then Zach Martin, Zach Martin. He right. he, he's perfect. I mean, he's, it certainly got great. worse once Terrence but, went down. And it absolutely oh. did. Josh Ball struggled. Now, oh. struggled is a nice bold, way to put Bold it. statement here. He wasn't. He was serviceable in the first two drafts that he was in. Serviceable, but then it just fell off. Wheels fell off completely. Right off the cliff, and it was not good. Right but we'll talk more about the offensive line a little bit later on. I want to switch the focus to the defense. Just how Houston didn't disguise coverages, something that kind of helps keep things off balance for the Cowboys' offense early. They made another change in the fourth quarter that just leaves me mind boggled. And I'll bring that up in a moment that might have helped Dallas win the ball game. We'll be right back with more Talking Cowboys right after this. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Little Sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's 
nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Here from the star in Frisco. Glad you're with us. Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Nosey Walker, Chris Beam, running it all in the back. Gives us an opportunity to give you some information about holiday camps. Tis the season for Dallas Cowboys holiday youth camps presented by Invisalign. Registration for one-day football and dance academy camps are now open. Don't miss your chance to send your athlete to camp at AT AT&T Stadium on December 20th and 21st. Limited spaces remain. You can register right now at dallascowboys.com slash academy. You may even get to meet Danny McRae. Reality TV star who's running Shucks those camps. Up to Danny, yeah, he's he's yeah, he's going to be out there at AT and T Stadium. Should be fun to watch uh, and send the kiddos too if you haven't already. All right, do it. Let's focus on the defensive side of the football. First game all year, all year that Dallas had been held without a sack. Credit to Houston, they did a good job up front. There were a couple times when Kenyon Green struggled against notably Osa Digizuo. So Digizuo had a great game. I thought the coverage was was solid, but you're also going up against Chris Moore and not going up. He had a day. He had a day. He was pretty much the only guy that had a day. Almost had a walk-off. I mean, Moore Moore had 10 receptions for 124 yards. That's a freaking day. Yes, it is. But nobody else really did anything other than maybe Amari Rodgers, who had the touchdown grab. Rodgers had key position grabs. Sure. That extended drives. But for the most part, Kelvin was, was solid. D- Deron Bland was about as good as he has been. And then Trayvon Diggs battling injury was good at times, too. But I want to talk about the pass rush for a second. Mm-hmm. What did they do differently in this game, Isaiah, that kept Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong out of the backfield? Because no other team has been able to do that yet. They got the ball out their hands. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, they were they were effective in getting the ball out their hands quickly. They weren't trying to hold on to it. They kept mixing the quarterbacks up in terms of running the ball as well. Um, they didn't just allow you to key in on Pierce, even though I think that he ended up getting knocked out the game, right? Um, but I think they ran the ball effectively, and then they just ran quick game. They weren't going to sit back there all day long and hold it. They weren't going to give Dallas opportunity. That's why I think the Texans had a really good freaking game plan, mm-hmm. a really good game plan, and I'm a little concerned. Well, here's here's why I'm not concerned in the realm of the pass rush. And, you know, I said it during the game, and I tweeted it as much. I, I said, this a zero-set game, this is weird mm-hmm. to watch from the Cowboys. Um, but then I started thinking about it on the drive home, and I'm like, you know, what happened? I went back and I looked at the, you know, the All-22 wasn't up yet, so I looked at the condensed version of the game. It was kind of just scheme, scheming over it. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah's right. So point number one, they got that ball out quickly. Mm-hmm. But that two-quarterback, that, that back and forth, back and forth, you can't time your cadence. Like, you can't get the cadence timing for that if you're the defensive lineman. And that's your get-off is a large reason that you'll get pressures and you'll get disruptions and you'll hopefully get sacks. So when you have a team that's – it's Davis Mills right now, but the next play, it's Driscoll. Then the next play, it's Davis Mills. Then the next play, is Driscoll. Okay, well, the Texans prepared for that all week and, and going into this game. But if you're the Cowboys, you're like, okay, what's Driscoll's cadence? And then you're trying to, okay, I think I got Driscoll's. And then here comes Davis Mills. And you're like, oh, oh crap. So I think Isaiah makes a, a great point. Go back and look at the game. They absolutely were getting that ball out as quickly as possible. And Pierce was doing his thing for the most part before he, he went down to injury. Um, but, uh, again, a large part of it was just – the subterfuge of constantly swapping out quarterbacks. I think that those two different cadences on a play-to-play basis really just wrecked what the Cowboys pass rush wanted to do. That was a big word. What was that word? Subterfuge. What does that even mean? Misdirection. <laughs> Misdirection. I don't use that. Get you looking over here. Can you that write that down? Can you spell it? S-U-B, subter, T-E-R-F-U-G-E. Oh. Subterfuge. Okay. Get you looking Never left, heard that one. Get you looking left, and then here comes the right. And then now you're looking right, and here comes the left. Does that throw guys off that much to have two different guys at quarterback and kind of have Every that Every other play? I mean, yes. it was all over. Yeah. Yes. I even charted it for a little bit. Uh, first half, where is it at? First half, Mills had 10 pass plays, six run plays. Driscoll, however, had 15 run plays and four pass plays while he was in the ball game. Isn't that just a dead giveaway of whenever Driscoll, you see six in the backfield? Yeah, he had the four pass plays, but for the most part, you're running the football. Yeah. How do you not key in on that as a defense? Well, they're running his own read, too. So that was the, that's the thing that keeps you at bay. Yeah. That's the thing that's giving Dallas issues, right? We talk about the RPO. RPO, you know, has caused issues for Dallas in the past. This is really not that much different. The, the defensive ends have to stop. They have to read the quarterback, and that's the reason why the Texans did this. They watched the film. They've seen, they've seen the teams that Dallas has struggled against. They've yeah. seen, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, how they pretty much just neutralized the defense, the, the pass rush of these guys as well. Um, it just is what it is. Man, like, like I said, everything that we say, every topic that we address, it goes back to them having a heck of a game plan. Oh yeah, love, and they executed love, yeah, it too. They executed it too. They just didn't have enough players to execute it at the level to beat Dallas, but to finish it. But this will be copied. There, there were only <laughs> this will. Are, be you, are you calling this the blueprint? Are you calling this the, blu- I'm the saying, blueprint? I'm game? saying that the blueprint has been has been laid out mm-hmm. in previous games, and Lovey put it all together. Mm. There, there were still a couple of guys on the defensive line that 
the Texans had no answer for, be it the run or the pass. So in the in the passing game, uh, Osa was having himself a day. Yeah, he go did. back and watch the yep. film, and he almost had the walk off uh, sack if that false start didn't delete that. Yeah, uh, Tank in the run game. We talk about what he did to Burkhead. You saw him back there getting hands on Pierce. Tank affected the game in a massive way as well. You would have obviously liked to see more from your generational game record and Michael Parsons. You didn't. Um, but Laramie Tunsil was who he went up against yeah. quite often. Yeah. Why Why didn't they flip him around more often? I don't have an answer for that. Uh, that's that's my thing, because he went up against Tunsil a lot. And give Laramie Tunsil a ton well, of credit. Tunsil is Tunsil. He's great. I mean, he's one of the best he's tackles the in the best league. in the league. And Micah Parsons was head up on Tunsil for quite some time, and they didn't flip him to the opposite side. And, I mean, it could. Maybe he didn't want it. Wasn't, that, it wasn't a whole lot of stunts yeah. either. It could have been because Tank was, as we just said, Tank was affecting the game on the left side. So mm-hmm. don't want to really want to disrupt that to try to get Micah going. But, uh, I mean, this is a great question. Great question. We'll, you know, we'll, ask, <laughs> we'll ask DQ this afternoon. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to make yeah, the – Let's ask DQ this afternoon. All right. With that being said, I felt like we went back to where we were the past three weeks of taking a, a lethal running back in Damian Pierce – and at least neutralizing him. He wasn't he was physical. He had some big runs, mm-hmm. but for the most part he was limited in terms of the numbers that he could come to Correct. at the end of the game. What did you think about the way they they handled the run? About what you can expect from him. Yeah. He's, he's a dominant running back. I don't care what anybody says. He's on a terrible team obviously, but he's a heck of a running back. And, you know, he got what 78 Se- yards, something like that. 78 and yeah, one 70, tutty. Yeah, 78 and one tutty. He was physical. He was what you thought he would be. And I think he got a little bit banged up there. Um, but, I mean, that's, there's no other options for them. I mean, they obviously had a receiver that went out there and had, had a day, but there's not a ton of options. My, my concern isn't with these teams that have just one guy mm-hmm. that can beat you up and you do a good job of keeping him under, under, under 100 yards. Again, all my thought process always goes to the the games that are one and out, mm-hmm. the playoffs. And if you, you face be a team that has the ability to have a guy run 80, 100 yards, oh, and by the way, there's three other receivers out there mm-hmm. in tight end. Now, all of a sudden, that presents a problem because you can't just key in on right. that one aspect of the game. When you're playing the Texans, you can key in on that one aspect of the game because you're really not that concerned about other people hurting you. There's one receiver that went off. Okay, cool. But – there are going to be teams that you face when those games matter, and they're going to have two to three threats on the outside, plus a running back that can hurt you or a quarterback. Well, I'll say this for Damian Pierce, and and you know he affected the game as well, but the Cowboys did do a pretty good mm-hmm. job, all things considered, of bottling him up, and, and I'd be remiss if I said that and didn't make the point of LVE. Leighton Van Der Esch played out of his mind yesterday. 14 combined tackles, nine solo. He had three more solo tackles than the second most tally on the team, which was Deron Bland, who mm-hmm. had a good game as well. LVE was all over the place. He was decisive in, in you know filling the gaps, attacking those holes. He was fantastic he was yesterday. fantastic. So between him helping to set the edge. Pierce did get off a couple times on the edge. Um, but if you noticed, Pierce didn't really gain a lot of success in those A and B gaps until Jonathan Hankins went down <sighs> with injury. When Hankins went down with injury, suddenly you saw three, four consecutive run plays into those those gaps. Um, and that also shows you the, the value of Jonathan Hankins. So hopefully Hankins is, is good to go. Sounds like it's a, a shoulder slash peck issue. You know, we'll know more here in the next day or so. Maybe Mike McCarthy will have some insight this afternoon. Um, but 
all things considered, between how LVE played and Hankins when he was on the field and Demarcus Lawrence being magnificent against the run, it's like you said, Kyle, it's yet another game in which they at least bottled up a dynamic running back. So it looks like the run defense is healed. But you got some secondary issues as far as your cornerbacks are concerned outside of Trevon Diggs and Deron Bland. What were you going to say? What I have to say is not in regards to defense, so I'll hold it. Oh, hold it for just a second Ooh. because I've got a bold statement. Suspense. i got a bold statement too. Okay, let's, let's, let's finish on some bold statements and then we'll give some helmet stickers in the, in the next segment. So, all right, you, you mentioned how Damian Pierce left the game, right? He injured that ankle early in the fourth quarter. He came back. Mm-hmm. He played with 10:50 to go mm-hmm. in the ball game. Took a third yard or a third down and two carry, and he punched it up the middle. Looked fine. He was actually in the play up or the in middle, the right? formation up the middle. Up the middle. He was in the formation three plays in a row. Bang, 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 mm-hmm. and he was fine. Mm-hmm. So he was absent at the end of the game in a goal line stand. Lovey Smith after the game said that if he was healthy enough to go, he would have been in the plans mm-hmm. inside the five yard line on the goal line stand. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think they held him out. Mm. I think they held him out in the goal line stand. You think? I think so. Is it the T word? Mm-hmm. Mm. I think they held him out. So that's a bold statement. So I have nothing of concrete to put that on. It's an accusation there, Kyle. I'm just I I don't well, I don't listen, buy it. I, I will say this. I'm going to take it. I'm okay this. with it. I said this after the game off offline to a colleague. Mm-hmm. I said I wonder if that was the perfect game for the Texans. Mm-hmm. Because they were very competitive and almost landed the biggest upset of the season, but Didn't. they still remain number one in the draft seating. So you did exactly what you needed to do as a head coach and say, hey, I can, see, I can make these guys compete with anybody. Yeah. But I did it without losing my I just top think, overall pick. I think it was it was, uh, it was a perfect game for the a Texas. coincidence, <laughs> and if there's if if there's smoke, sometimes there's fire. Maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. But they didn't change. They changed their entire game plan defensively I'm, in the back half of the fourth quarter on the 98 yard drive, and then they all of a sudden didn't have their best running back on the field in a goal line situation. Whenever he played after he was injured, he came back into the ball game and he played. Yeah. Yeah. If he hadn't have done that, then I would say, okay, maybe he got hurt. Well, but, the, the Texans you know. are doing what the Texans are doing. But can I make a bold statement? Yeah. Now it's your turn. I need everybody to go back. Going back. For everybody who was arguing with me <laughs> about whether or not Tyler Smith should be bumped down to the left guard position when Tyron Smith mm-hmm. comes back, go watch the first series of the second quarter. Oh. Just just watch that series and, and you decide. If whether Tyler's, not, whether Tyler's, Tyler's ready Smith to roll. Should, if, he's, if he's ready to be the left guard, uh, the starting left guard. You, you, I, you watch. <laughs> I'd Let's say, go to break on that one. I'd say, <laughs> you have other sample sizes of him at left guard this sure. season as well. Put it all in the pot, not just that sample. The, I'm talking uh, about the whole series. I will not say, a play, the whole series. No, I get what you're saying. I know I re- rode the fence last yeah. year, but I'm going to ride the fence or last week. I'm going to ride the fence again right now <laughs> because just as ba- there was bad tape for Tyler Smith, there was also <laughs> some bad tape from Connor McGovern too. Yes, there was. There, yes, it there was, was both. They, we have, I even looked we at. We have it. a lot of good tape of McGovern at left guard. Sure, we have, and hardly, including this game, he made we plays. Have, we don't have. We have maybe a sample size of good tape of Tyler Smith at left guard. Are you talking about this is the this is where he's at left guard and Peters. This is when Peters is the left tackle in this game against the Texans and mm-hmm. they put Tyler Smith at left, at guard. left guard. Watch that series. Yeah. The series, not the play, the series. Hmm. Jesus. And then add it to the other samples. Go ahead. And also without Tyler. <laughs> and, and, and then make and your educated. If decision. think about it this way too. We this may Ooh. be a conversation for tomorrow. But 
Terrence Steele, if he's unav- unavailable for the rest of the season, which it looks like that might be a concern at the moment, still nothing concrete on that either. However, if he's not available, would you rather have a backup left guard in Connor McGovern sitting on the sideline? No. Or would you rather have a backup swing tackle yep. for if Tyron Smith or, or Jason well, Peters yeah, goes down? The conversation is different now. Yeah, It's completely different. Yeah, it's different now. Yeah, so scrap everything we talked about last week because if Terrence Steele comes to my time, boat, come in my boat. Well, <laughs> plenty of room. Yeah. Well, your, your boat is in a different lake now, right? It's not. We, it's we not lake I went from Lake Washington right. to Lake Louisville. Okay, that's he's fine. Got, he's got one of those those flying right. flying planes. Exactly. Jeez. Exactly. All right, let's do some helmet stickers. On the other side of the break, we'll be right back with more talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. This week! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper is on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone wants something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys. Don't miss your last chance to experience the most electrifying event of the holiday season, Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza, powered by Reliant. Every Friday and Saturday night through December 17th, Christmas Extravaganza ignites the star in Frisco with an unforgettable holiday experience showcasing the world-renowned Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, your favorite Dallas Cowboys football heroes, and Santa Claus, too. Visit thestardistrict.com slash Christmas for more info. Out here at the Star in Frisco, last couple weeks of that one coming up. 
Should be a whole lot of fun. Santa Claus Absolutely. is out here. Have you gotten Santa to see Santa Claus. yet? Isaiah, you got a chance to go out and see Santa yet? Santa no, Claus. I have not seen any Santas yet. Mm, okay, Mm-mm. we'll make it work. We'll make we'll we'll, we'll arrange something. Mm. You didn't you didn't go so you could ask for your red rifle red red rifle Whoa. red rider. Wow, black yeah. rifle coffee. Yeah, need that. Is that what you need? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you shoot the your red rider BB. Gun. That's what it was. It's <laughs> too many hours. Man. I bought my son that last too year. Many hours. Did you? Did yeah, you? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Fire. You shoot your eye out, kid. Fire. Shoot. <laughs> shoot out, I bought him the wrong size though. Yeah, alliteration. Yeah, this, this, alliteration this early in the morning is no one's friend. It is okay, my friend. Mm-hmm. Red rider. Now you guys know. Whenever I stumble over my words and I just can't handle. The, the topic of conversation this yeah. early in the morning. Yeah. It's a problem. Let's do some helmet stickers. Patrick, get us started. All right. I'm going with the tomato, mm. as you can see here, ladies and gentlemen. Tomato, tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato, tomato. And tomatoes are a fruit, by the way, not a vegetable. Mm. Um, t- my tomato goes to one Jason Peters. Why a tomato? Because you need tomatoes to make ketchup. And Jason Peters wasted no time catching up mm. on playing right tackle at a high level <laughs> yesterday after having not taken snaps at that position since 2005. <laughs> a 15-year gap between taking snaps. And he stepped in with the game on the line. Give it to me, coach. And showed you why he's a gold jacket. So Bars. So, tomato. Because it took no time for Jason Peters to catch up. I liked it. Bars, which is really funny because for those that know you, you that we all know you absolutely hate ketchup. That, you despise fact. ketchup. That's a fact. But you just made a ketchup Yeah, Jason Peters made me, made me like it for a day. Okay. Uh, you want to go next or you want me to go next? Go. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you want to go? I'll let you go because I, I know who I'm picking and okay. you may take them. Who knows? No, I'm not going to take them. You guys see this right here? That's some bananas. That's some bananas. You know, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Barry Church loves the. There is one. <laughs> there was one player on the field that hit everybody with the old banana in the tailpipe, mm. <laughs> and <laughs> and they did it in bunches. That goes to Mr. Dalton Schultz. He had his best game of the year: six catches, eighty-seven yards. He showed back up just when you thought he had disappeared. He brought his bananas. <laughs> I'm not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe. Exactly. You got to say it with your chest, man. Hey, yuck, man. I'm not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> yes, classic movie. Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills awesome. Cop. Beverly Hills Cop. The whole banana in the tailpipe. All right. This is a uh, this is a pineapple. He looks like he's leaping. He's he's jumping. He's Or maybe even flying. Leighton Van Der Esch was flying around the defensive side of the football yesterday. And he, even at one point, he leapt. Oh. I just stuck it to the table. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah. I saved it. Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe. Oh. Got it back. We're good. Oh, recovered but the yeah, it was, uh, yeah. Recovered the fumble. He nearly, he almost had a recovered fumble. But yeah, Leighton Van Der Esch, he was flying around the football, leaping over piles at one point. He, he was trying. There was one on the goal line stand. It was, a, it was the offsides call. For Micah Parsons, he leapt over the top, and he was even trying to reach back. But he was all over the field. I mean, you talk about sideline to sideline. I really have been impressed with Leighton Van Der Esch lately, so he earns this, the helmet sticker today. Wolf Howl. All right, gentlemen, we've got a lot to talk about this week. We've got some injuries kind of starting to pile up a little bit and some some key situations as well, injuries starting to really affect how this team is building, heading into the postseason. And, of course, you got to get to the postseason first. Cowboys can get really close to clinching a postseason spot this week and, of course, keep tabs with the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East race against the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. But tomorrow... 
It's Talking Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Give us a call, 888-855-2297. Ooh, just kidding. Uh, Chris Beam just got into my ear. We don't have a Talking Tuesday tomorrow. Oh, that's right. And I forgot. We're canceling podcasts tomorrow. For a good cause. It is a good cause. We're going to be at the Salvation Army tomorrow. We're going to be helping all those in North Texas. It is a great cause. A little sad we don't get a Talking Tuesday. Maybe we'll take some calls on Wednesday yeah, and make up for Wednesday. it. Let's we want to Wednesday. make up for it a little we bit. Want, we want to talk to the people. I agree. We want to talk to the people. So we'll move it. We'll do Talking Wednesday this week. But no, no show tomorrow. We'll be back on Wednesday, 9 a.m. Central Time, right here on DallasCowboys.com. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Nosey, Walker, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from Talking Cowboys. We'll see you on Wednesday. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?